a mother, a son, and a life with autism. It's the At Home with Autism podcast with Q102's Jen and Jacob. A question that I often get asked when people first find out that I have a child with autism is, is he verbal? And I know they're looking for a very simple answer. (laughs) Unfortunately, I cannot give them one because it is not simple. Does he speak? Yes, he speaks. Can he carry on a conversation with you? To a degree? Yes. Can you understand the words that he's saying? Sometimes. Can you ask him questions? And is he able to answer? It depends. Are you asking him a question with a concrete answer, like, what is tomorrow? What time is it? What's the temperature outside? What are you doing at four o'clock today? What do you want for dinner? What color is the sky? What state do we live in? What's the fastest way to get from here to grandma's house? Those are very easy questions for him to answer verbally. If I were to ask him, how was school today? He would probably say good or great. If I ask him, did you have a good day at school today? He would say yes. But if I were to ask him questions like, why did you do that? Why do you feel that way? Why did this happen? Why are we going to do this? Any why question? Hmm. He would probably say, I don't know, or wait and see. So is he verbal? It's a very complicated question. And usually as I start to explain it to people, that are outside the world of autism, their eyes start to glaze over at some point. Because then I start to explain, well, here's the thing. I really wouldn't classify him as verbal or nonverbal. I would say that he has unreliable speech. Yeah, sometimes you can trust that what he is telling you is his truth. Other times, yeah, it's more of an impulse. It was more of a rote response, a response that he's used to giving, a response that pretty much just falls out of his mouth. And I try to explain to people this thing called apraxia, which is a diagnosis that so often comes along with autism. And apraxia is basically, in the simplest of terms, is there is a breakdown between the brain and the body and what the brain wants the body to do. Brain knows what it wants to do. He knows what he wants to say. And he cannot get his body to cooperate. His mouth is not doing what the mind wants it to. I believe 100% beyond a doubt that that kid knows exactly why. I think he knows exactly the answer to every why question I've ever asked him his entire 20 years. And it's the apraxia that keeps his mouth from doing what the mind wants it to. And sometimes it's really, really obvious when it's an impulse. Like his answers, I don't know and wait and see. You could tell that's just what comes out. It's just what comes out. He can't stop it. He can't control it. It just comes out. And I can also see how badly he wants to control it. How badly he wants to say the things that he wants to say. I can't imagine what that must be like to feel trapped inside your own body and not be able to express yourself or wanting your body to go somewhere or do something and your body just will not do it. Long before I ever really understood the depths of what apraxia can do, And long before I had any understanding of why he was doing so many of these movements or saying so many of these things that he was saying, I could tell it's like, he doesn't really, this isn't, this isn't what he wants to be doing right now. And what a minute to minute 
moment to moment, hour by hour, day by day struggle it must be to try to get the words out and try to get the body to do what he wants it to do. Oh my God. Here's the thing. He's persistent. We had a lot going on this weekend and we have a lot that we're trying to get done. You know, we had this big, brilliant idea, of course, far too late in the year, but still we're going to try to get it done to do a 2022 calendar with Cards by Jacob with some of his artwork. And then we're cranking to get all of our Christmas cards, all of the art done for those and sent off to the printer so we can get them back and we can do a couple of the craft shows. And we have very busy days, you know, our schedule is already really crazy. And so it takes, you know, hours to make these cards, but he's so persistent. It's like he sits down and he wants to get this done. He wants to finish this. He knows he's got a timeline here and and he's got to get it done by this day so we can ship it. And that means staying up a little extra late, which we did do. On Friday night, we were up pretty late designing cards. And here he is with his mind wanting to do one thing, finish these cards and his body at times wanting to do something else, whether it's stand up and tap his foot and flap his hands like he likes to do sometimes. And yet he pushes through that because he has something he wants to do on purpose. This whole idea of purposeful movement. It's really funny because about two years ago, wow, it's been, it's been that long now, almost in December, that we introduced him to communicating with a letter board and eventually a keyboard, trying to help him get those words out that he wants to say so badly by spelling them instead of speaking them, that maybe just maybe pointing to letters and numbers and forming sentences that way would be easier for him than actually trying to say the words. To be able to do that, he needed to be able to control his finger. I know this just really blew my mind when I thought about the depth of the apraxia and that just pointing to the letter that he wanted to point to took so much work to get the brain to connect with the finger. So many people who use this method to communicate, when they first start, they start with these huge stencils where there's only like six letters and numbers per stencil because that's as precise as they can get their finger to go. Getting to that A, they need a bigger target. And as the brain-body connection with the finger becomes stronger and stronger, they can reduce the size of the target. When Jacob first started... We were thinking that we would be starting with these stencils and eventually graduating to one sheet of paper that has all the letters and the numbers on it. And then hopefully, eventually, get to a keyboard. He went directly to a keyboard on day one. And not realizing all this time, all of these years leading up to him sitting down in front of this letter boarding system that he was learning to operate and... I was learning a little bit about, our play therapist Susan was learning a whole lot about. We realized that we'd been preparing him for this moment pretty much his entire life because we had been practicing this thing called purposeful movement. We had been practicing for years and years and years trying to get his body to do what his mind wanted it to. And it was all stuff that he wanted to do. It goes way back to figuring out what his motivations were. We took so many things that he loved to do and was passionate about and 
got a kick out of. Like Susan and, and our friend Barb, who went in the playroom with him, they used to write letters about bumpy roads and potholes and places that needed road work. <laughs> so they got him writing letters to the governor of Pennsylvania and the governor of New York and telling them that this interstate here between this mile marker and this mile marker, the road is bumpy and that's a load of crap and you need to finish that and you need to fix that. He wrote the most brilliant letter to President Trump about the Brent Spence Bridge. In fact, he wrote a couple. <laughs> he told he told the president to straighten up and fly right and get that thing fixed. <laughs> And what was so funny is uh, he got two, at least two, maybe three letters back from the White House from Donald J. Trump thanking him for his input. But that was very purposeful for him to sit down and write those letters. All of the sports that we got him involved in, all of the, the hip hop dance, you know, the physical therapy and the occupational therapy, the speech therapy. Ugh. Brain Balance Program was huge with this. I mean, that really got into the inner workings of the brain. So when we sat down with him and those stencils and letterboards and keyboards, he was able to, to, to fly through all of those different levels and get to that keyboard so quickly. And now we watch him fight impulses when he's spelling words on, on the keyboards. You know, like if the answer is red... Then Impulse might take over and he writes orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Because he loves rainbows and that's the order of colors in the rainbows. Impulse, impulse, impulse. And what's so hard to watch as a parent of someone with unreliable speech and a good amount of impulse in his responses. Because he does say, I don't know a lot. And he does say, wait and see a lot. And he has other phrases and, and words and repetitive comments that just keep coming out and coming out. And so someone who doesn't know Jacob or even somebody that's around him all the time think that that's all that he has to offer. And that cognitively, competency-wise, that he's operating at a much younger age or lower level than where he actually is. And so many times he'll say something and I'll see someone react to it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, no, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> and sometimes I intervene and sometimes I let it lie. It depends on the day and the time and the place and the person. And it always gives me pause. It makes me ask myself how many times I assume to know what someone means when they say something. How quick I am to jump and believe I know exactly what they mean. Because certainly if people are doing it to Jacob, it's happening elsewhere. I know what happens with me less now than it used to, but ugh, to not be understood. I've been accused of being a person who asks a whole lot of questions. And I know with each passing year, I seem to come up with more questions. And I know this comes primarily from being Jacob's mom and wanting to understand what it is that he's thinking and feeling and what he wants and all of the whys, all of the whys, 
I think that keyboard is going to be the gateway to us getting these answers. And I tell people all the time, when he's able to answer every single why question out there, I'm going to be in a whole lot of trouble for something. I think there are going to be other people that are going to be in more trouble than I am. But I know that I'm going to hear it. I just hope that when he's able to tell me all of these thoughts and ideas that he's got running through that brilliant mind of his, I hope he says, Mom, thank you for trying. Thank you for never giving up. Thank you for always loving me just as I am. Thank you for believing in me. Talk to you next time with Jacob. Thanks for listening to the At Home with Autism podcast.